I always say your body is your home for the rest of your life. If you look after it, it will look after you and you're a team. Hello and welcome to Conversations in Confidence, a podcast by It Cosmetics UK. I'm your host, Rose Gallagher, the UK and Ireland brand ambassador, and each week I'm going to talk to some of our friends from the industry about their own confidence journey. This morning, from the comfort of each of our respective living rooms, Chessie King is joining me down the line for a big chat. Chessie is a body confidence activist who reaches three quarters of a million people on Instagram each day. But in fact, there are lots of different ways that she reaches people. She's a presenter, an author. She's recently trained as a doula. There are just so many fascinating strings to her bow and I really want to touch on all of them. So Chessie, good morning. Rose, hello. Thank you so much. This is this is the first podcast I've done that I'm not in a studio. Do you know what? It's it's a totally different kind of experience, isn't it? But I feel like it's quite fitting that we're all locked down. We've all kind of got used to speaking in this way anyway, haven't we? Exactly. I mean, I've used every app. I feel like I'm so clued up with all of these new things that we didn't even know about. It's great. I feel more connected than uh, I did before in a weird way like I feel like I even know my neighbours that I didn't know before like Matt and I after we did the first clap for the NHS at eight o'clock we literally said afterwards I like shouted out the window I was like nice to meet you everyone like (laughs) because it was the first time we'd met any of our neighbours and it was funny because we were all just hanging out of our windows but I just feel like we are living in it is obviously a very interesting um, period of of life, and I don't think any of us ever expected um, that things would happen so so quickly. But I'm I, like, I'm smiling at ev- I mean, I do smile at people anyway, and they find it a bit weird in London. Um, but like, it feels like I'm back at home, home, which is in the countryside, where you walk past someone and they say hi. And if we did that in London before this lockdown or before this virus, people would have honestly been like, "Are you are you okay? Do I have something?" <laughs> my face <laughs> but now I'm just like we're saying hi to everyone it's great it's so I just really hope that that's one aspect that that stays the same after we go back to a new a new normal a new life it's incredible what's it like um where you are Rose do you know what I completely agree with everything you've just said so I'm with my mum and dad in Birmingham and we never really talked to the neighbours either and some of them we know the neighbours either side but others you'd know their face and you'd have never said hello and we were all really waving each other after the NHS claps and um yesterday funnily enough a tent blew into our garden and you couldn't make it up and I put little letters actually in everyone's door to say this is our house number we've got your tent come and find it from us and because we haven't really been going out as much I noticed when I went and put the letters in that so many of the neighbours have got rainbows in the windows so I know exactly what you mean there's like so many nice silver linings to be taken from all of this Oh, well, I haven't drawn a rainbow, but I did wear a rainbow bikini and stuck my bottom out of the window because I was suntanning. Unfortunately, I don't have a garden in London. Um, but yeah, I was suntanning my uh, bottom and my legs um, out of the window. <laughs> that was my way of showing the rainbow. But the neighbours got a very interesting Eiffel 
of um, my peach. <laughs> well, that was your rainbow contribution and it's as good as any. And I think it really touches on that tagline on your YouTube channel that says you're helping us to find your happiest, healthiest and most confident self. And I think really that's a perfect tagline to introduce you with because you just share so much joy and positive affirmations with people just on a daily basis. Um, And it must be quite a roller coaster reaching that many people with such an emotive message every day. Oh, thank you, Rose. It's really interesting at the moment, especially because we're all so, um, well, we're all on our phones a lot more, I think, because we don't have those extra distractions. Um, and it's interesting because there are a lot more eyes on on you. And for me, I've just tried to just keep injecting that that um, sunshine into people's lives that are really trying to find it because they don't have it in their own brains at the moment. They're maybe filling um, their time with watching the news. And, and, and I, I just had to kind of remind myself, and I, I also had a realisation last week, that my job is not to keep feeding people news because you can see that on the TV. You can go onto your phone and type in BBC News and get the headlines. Like, that's not my job. Yeah. My job, and it always has been since I was tiny, is just to try and make people smile and trying to take them out of reality for a little bit and um and and that for me I I didn't want to ever um come across insensitive or like I was um not addressing this situation and the severity of it because I I didn't want people to think oh all she's just all she's doing is trying to to um make light out of it and and some people do see that negatively because they don't think I'm taking it seriously but actually I've never been one to be serious on my Instagram um but I just want to try and be that big sister role model or that or that motherly figure or that best friend that you're needing because maybe we don't have that human connection um at the moment and we just need more good news and I'm seeing so much of that like my feeds are just saturated at the moment with with happiness and an incredible um community feel even more so than before and I love that like we're seeing so much creativity because people have the time um just such lovely videos that you kind of only ever see on films really um just even like nurses coming back from shifts and the whole street clapping them. And like, I just really hope that NHS workers are um, put up there with celebrities and they're um, respected and celebrated as much as people that are winning best dressed awards and um, who wore what better, like all of these things that are just so superficial that now they've been stripped down. Like no one's wearing fancy outfits or incredible ball gowns out to the shops because that the simplicity of life is is at such an incredibly basic level that we have to um yeah we've we've just got to take it back to that like who are the real I I know that we're using the word heroes a lot but it is it's just this incredible front line of people that are putting their life on the line and I'm so glad just people are just respecting and um, just understanding what they're doing for us every day. And that I just hope continues. I think that I completely agree. There has been a real shift in what our collective priorities are and 
that everyone has taken a step back and sort of realised that really what they're grateful for is their friends, their family, their health. Um, There's been a real grounding process, I think, that has come with all of this, which has been really positive. Um, And I've actually noticed as well that lots of human instincts kind of kick in at this time. So, for example, I really feel for anybody expecting a baby at the moment. And I know quite a few people that have either had a baby recently or they're about to have a baby. And it just reminds you that that's one of those processes, actually, that even though you can plan for it and prepare for it, if something were to change at the last minute, people have been having babies for years on years and their bodies and their gut instincts will always know what to do in that instant. Um, And I know that you have recently trained as a doula, actually, which is such a lovely thing. Um, I know a lot about doulas because someone close to me had one. But for anyone that doesn't know what a doula is, could you kind of talk us through what that means and actually any thoughts you've had on you know, what you've learned in that process and what it must be like for someone having a baby at the moment? Of course, yes. So a doula, um, in my explanation, is having your best friend with you uh, during pregnancy, during the birth and after. So just having that support network and someone that will empower you through birth um, and help you make the right decision um, and almost being your voice when you can't talk because you're in active labour and you're, um, you've got a lot of other things to think about. Um, then just, yeah, I, I, I think... It's only now being recognised and celebrated um, as an actual job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, For me, it's not a job. It was never going to be a career. It was something that I was so excited about because I'm just fascinated with women and and pregnancy and babies. And um, yeah, so... I think um, my one of my really good friends is due tomorrow, actually. Yeah, oh. and she and she's just had to just like surrender. And I've just been trying to like ring her most days and take her through this um, just different ways of like thinking about the birth because she's obviously had to let go of her original birth plan and tap into that natural instinct and just trust that your body is going to do what what it's done for years. Um, I just keep on saying like um, my best friend um, has had a baby and she's eight weeks and it's that time to really connect and get to know your baby. And instead of all those distractions of, oh my God, but she needs to meet this person and my parents need to meet them and, and all of this bombardment that you probably don't need in the first weeks of your um, your time with your, your newborn. Um, it's now just like, oh, I've got that space to really connect and and get to know each other because you're strangers. Like when, obviously you've grown this baby for nine months in your body, but when when they come out, you are strangers to each other. So there's that time that you need to... um, to really understand what you both need and want and how you work best together. 
Um, I think it's a real precious time, even if you don't have a baby or you're not expecting a baby. It's that precious time to get to know yourself and get to know the people you live with. Um, like asking proper questions, not just small talk. How are you? How is your day? And I think that that's so important, like coming out of this with stronger relationships, stronger connections and a stronger understanding of yourself and what makes you feel good. Um, yeah, you've it, like some people are going through this real shift and as much as it is incredible incredible and I think healing in this process is evolving and um it's it's learning about yourself you've also got the other end of the spectrum where you maybe are facing things that you've pushed away and um yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of learning that comes from this and I think that hopefully we'll come out of it a lot stronger and and multi-dimensional we've got so much so much to learn I think it really makes sense that this is where your thoughts are and these are the kind of things you're considering because anyone that knows your nature, what you're really known for is you're dedicated to really building a person's self-esteem. Um, so some of the things you said there, you know, having that time to get to know yourself or get to know the people around you, as you say, they can be really healing, grounding processes. And so there's so much that we can take from this. Um, but take Taking it back just a little, over the course of your career, you kind of started to use your platform to start a body confidence conversation. Now, how did this originally happen? Was it a natural progression or was there kind of a key moment that made you think this is my mission actually? It basically wasn't like an A to B thing. It wasn't, I just woke up and one day I was like, oh my God, I want to speak about body confidence. It was like the whole alphabet. I went through like every single letter to get to where I am now. And like four years ago, there was no one really talking about body confidence on Instagram. No one that I saw. And I was kind of just a bit fed up with adding to the sea of perfection like I was literally one of those people that that wanted my Instagram to be perfect because that's all I knew that's all everyone that's all anyone used Instagram for um and I was I was really heavily into my fitness and there was just um a very different uh conversation going on um and like I'd sit on the bus and people would be a girls young girls would be editing their bodies just with each other like on their apps um on their phones in front of me and it was just so normal like it became well obviously you're not going to post a photo unless you've edited yourself um which really really upset me and I I was just like I was almost scared to meet people in real life because I think I I was so worried about how I looked online um, and that I had to be this perfect person um, that I was really worried that people would meet me in real life and be like, oh my God, she is not, she does not look like that. So I just wanted to change what I was saying and I didn't want to be adding to that anymore. And I wanted to just create this shift I think a body confidence conversation can sometimes be quite an unusual one because it can almost feel a bit alienating to someone that isn't really feeling in that place or feeling the most confident. But you manage to set people on this journey really sensitively and in a way that seems a bit more digestible. Um, how would you say that your approach is to making someone feel a bit more body confident? 
I try and use phrases like self-appreciation, self-celebration, self-acceptance instead of this self-love. And I think self-love has its place and that is incredible. But for some people, it's actually quite hard to relate to self-love because some people have never felt that love for themselves. And, and it's really hard to jump from, I hate this, I hate that, to, oh my God, I love everything. Because sometimes it just doesn't ring true to people. And and for me, a celebrating and accepting is, is actually, for me, a bit more powerful than loving every single bit. So I strip it back to like really simply like, I'm obviously not a biology teacher, I may get this wrong, but everyone knows the simple functions of the body. And for me, it's like, it's just tapping into that, what is my body doing for me right now? And without me even telling it to, like subconsciously, but like we're all so fixated on our tummies well not so anymore because of this shift in conversation and body confidence and all of that but we used well I I certainly used to be and it's so weird that actually the function of our our tummies is to digest our food to hopefully one day home our babies and and also just to to do all the bits that that it needs to do instead of just looking flat and I find that I just find that really fascinating that um, we only see each other and ourselves for this superficial layer, like the first layer of ourselves is our skin. And that's all that we kind of see now. Whereas I try and dig a bit deeper into that like juicy core and be like, what what's your body doing for you beneath all of the stuff that we see on the surface? I think this body conversation at the moment is one that's really timely because Now more than ever, I think those of us that are in good health with this threat that we all face at the moment are just so much more grateful than we've ever been. And I saw someone on the TV this morning say that, you know, it's one of those popular phrases that you might say, oh, you know, I'm very grateful I have my health. And she said, I always used to say it but it never used to properly register. And now I really am so grateful for my health. And then when I was thinking about some of the things I wanted to ask you about today, Chessie, one of the things that I was going to kind of delve into was your hearing loss, because I know that you've shared that as part of your journey as well. But I know that your hearing loss was kind of, it came as part of a wider discovery about your health, didn't it? So would you mind to tell us a little bit about some of the things that you kind of realized about your health over the last couple of years and then how those things impacted your confidence? Of course, yeah. So I lost my hearing three and a half years ago in a boxing class. No one was hitting me. I was just hitting a bag and um, it was probably at the peak of my body image issues so I was really um yeah fighting for myself but also just fighting against myself which is really interesting now that I look back I was doing two classes a day I'd just been through a a really big um period of grief in my life I'd lost my nana suddenly um I also then split up with a really emotionally abusive partner and it was 
a really difficult period of my life, but I, the way that I dealt with grief and um, loss and, and anger was basically just to release it in a workout class. And I thought that that was the best thing for me. And I was in a class, um, it was my second class of the day, which is extremely silly, but back then that was my, that was my way of taking control of what, um, what was going on. Um, and I, I just fell to the ground. I blacked out completely and I came to, and my heart rate was 245, 250. I thought I was having a fit because my whole body was just gyrating. And um, people like helped me um, out the class. I kind of got dragged out of the class on the floor and people were leaning over me because they were above me. And I couldn't hear anything but a high-pitched ringing and my heart rate just beating um and everyone was mouth I could see people mouthing she's having a heart attack she's having a heart attack and I was oh like that's not really helping um but at that point all I was trying to focus on was just well bring my awareness back to my body um which was pretty scary because I felt so out of control um so it took about 30 minutes for my heart rate to come down and it was weird like no one knew what was happening and my hearing came back in my uh, left ear and it just popped after 30 minutes and I could hear people again um and then my right ear just stayed blocked and it has um ever since so I lost 70% of it um I've seen multiple specialists a lot of cardiologists and the diagnosis is that I had a mini stroke and I lost my hearing in my right ear from that and then they've diagnosed me with SVT, which is the longest word in the world. It's supraventricular tachycardia, um, which is easy to say, um, <laughs> and also a hole in my heart. So they found a hole in my heart only three months ago, even though I've had a lot of tests and a lot of um, echocardiograms where they basically look into your heart with that jelly thing pregnant women have um, <laughs> their scans with. Um and yes, yeah, so at 23, I was um, I was diagnosed with a heart condition. I also uh, had lost my hearing and um, had was recovering from a mini stroke, which I was really struggling with my speech. Um, I started wearing a hearing aid, um, which was a really big change, especially at 23. Um, and the confidence in uh, I lost from going out, um, even going out like to dinner with my friends because I couldn't hear them. Um, I couldn't join into conversations. I stopped presenting as much because I had talk back in one ear. Uh, and then obviously when I was asking questions, I couldn't hear the reply. So I'd constantly be asking them to repeat what they were saying. Um, and it just really made me understand just how much I pushed my body to the to the limit. And my mum always says, your body can't differentiate between mental and physical stress. And you just put so much physical stress on top of what your brain was going through with the grief and the separating from my relationship. And all of this. So I think that really, it was just a huge realisation. And Chelsea, um, there was so much kind of change to accept in such a short space at that time. How did you manage that process of accepting those changes? It took a, a while. Um, I'm very much like, if I hurt myself or if I'm injured, I, well, I used to be like, oh, just just carry on just like normal like I'm I'm absolutely fine and um there are so many other people going through worse 
me. I've always been that sort of person, but now I realize that everything's relative and you can't compare things. I, I was like, oh, I'm so lucky I didn't go completely deaf. And there are so many people who are fully deaf and I should just be so grateful that I've only lost one side of my hearing. But actually my brain took a long time to adapt um, to hearing different sounds. Like even just the simple task of like crossing the road, I would then have to take uh, probably about five, 10 seconds more looking both ways because my brain couldn't detect where sounds were coming from and still now like I'll hear an alarm and I'll like run into the kitchen and it will actually be coming from outside maybe on the street but my brain can't tell where it's coming from um so yeah there was a it was just a long um a longer process than I anticipated and I think I'm out of the other end of it and Instagram was incredible at, at that time connecting me with hard of hearing and the deaf community um, and I could really use my voice to spread a message that I'd never understood before. Like I, I, I have tinnitus, which is a twenty-four-seven ringing, high-pitched ringing. So it's like <laughs> in your ear the whole time, um, which is lovely and really, really nice to live with. Um, but yeah, that for me, I never knew what tinnitus was at twenty-three. And yeah, so that community that really helped me through. Um, on Instagram was amazing. It was so supportive. And people were like, I've got a hearing aid and it's the same as yours. And thank you so much for um, creating awareness because I was so embarrassed to wear mine. And I love I love my hearing aid. I, it's like my best friend. It helps me understand the world a bit more. <laughs> well, speaking of Instagram and kind of sharing all of the things that you learned on Instagram, I know that one of the things recently that you were shortlisted in was the Cosmopolitan Positivity Index. Um, and that is such an exciting list. I'm actually buzzing. I'm on it as well, Chessie. I'm over the moon. I was so excited when I saw you on it um but they basically put together a list for anyone that hasn't seen this it was Cosmopolitan Instagram and a charity called Cybersmile who are all about kind of trying to combat online bullying and reduce it but I know that you do a lot with Cybersmile as well so for someone that hasn't heard of them could you explain a bit about what you do together with them oh. The trolls, they don't deserve the airtime, but obviously I talk about it because I want to help people that are going through cyberbullying. But I think the more my audience grew and the more that I opened myself up, the more I shared my body, the more opinions I attracted. And as a result, the more hate I got and still get. I think there are days and there have been days where these bullies have just robbed me of my voice, of my time. I've had experience with it and working with um, incredible charities like CyberSmart. I've realized that it's not actually about me. It's nothing to do with me. Um, it's them. And unfortunately, they're unhappy. They're sad, sad people. And I just really hope that they find a way out of such a dark place. Um, I've, I've come so close, like, honestly there have been so many days where I've just wanted to delete my Instagram and come off social media completely to escape it all because it's felt like the only way out um yeah it's I think these trolls unfortunately they thrive of this community they create these plans of attack 
and they like try to annihilate anyone that is um with a pres- to do something positive that's it and it's mad it can happen to anyone with like 23 followers to 2.3 million followers and yeah they just rally together because we all want to feel as humans this community we want to feel included and part of a of a movement yeah unfortunately they've just gone the total opposite of what we're all trying to do which is spread happiness and positivity and kindness I find it so mad because I I read uh, I try I try not to read them but you sometimes like you have to to be able to delete and block them and it's just like they go against their words so they're like oh my gosh she needs to get a, a real job and then the next comment they'll be like oh and now she's claiming she's a doula oh cute they're just they're finding anything and my mum always says you would never ever be friends with people that are that malicious in real life so why would you care what they say about you you'd never appreciate their opinion or you'd never actually want to be friends with them or spend time with them yeah there's a really great quote actually that I only learned recently and it says if you wouldn't ask them for their advice don't worry about their opinion and I mean it's much easier said than done it is a very difficult position to be in but I just think it's such a good way to take it back when Anyone, whether it's, you know, a peer or someone online or any kind of adversity, it's a really good statement to go back to and go, do you know what? It's so true. I would never trust their judgment in a million years. Um, And I think to your point, it's so true that cyberbullying is something that can affect anybody. And it's so great that there is the likes of CyberSmile dedicated to be there as a support resource for someone that needs it. Um, But luckily, I would like to think that it's such a small fraction of the interactions that you have. And I think that your kind of description of yourself as your big sister or your best friend to the people you're speaking to is such a lovely way of looking at things. Um, I know that one of the things that we do at It Cosmetics, we use real women in the campaigns and we champion the notion of real results. And because you're always having these very open, honest conversations with people, you must get so many really personal responses. So what are some of the common themes, would you say, in the conversations women are having with you? Most of the questions are about Hugo. (laughs) I mean, Um, I've got a list as long as my arm about him as well. (laughs) If anyone doesn't know, Hugo is literally the fluffiest puppy in the world and he has brought us so much joy. Oh. And he is a little terror, but he's incredible. Um, No, but seriously, most people open up about their stories and um, chapters in their life that maybe they haven't shared with anyone else. Um, and I have the honor to, of reading them. And, but also just like, I mean, like you obviously share so much makeup, um, Rose, and your videos are incredible. And like, I don't even really talk too much about my makeup, but for me, makeup is such a therapeutic time for me. Like I've actually really missed, missed it because I haven't really put on makeup since the start of lockdown. Um, I've, I've been on a long battle with my skin like my acne flared up when I was 18. And since then, I mean, that was eight, nine years ago. And I've still, 
we're still, we're much better. We're friends now, but we still have our days. And I was always so focused on covering up my spots. And that's why I started doing my smoky eyes, because I thought if people are looking at my eye makeup, they're not going to be looking at my cheeks and they're not going to be looking at my spots. Um, But I'm honestly, I'm going to try a flick and I'm going to send it to you. Um, I love it. Um, One of the things I actually, I wanted to ask you, Chessie, was when I was looking through your pictures, it must be lovely kind of getting to share this whole journey with your friends and, you know, being able to celebrate all of the good that you're doing with them. But I know that one of your friends had said to you recently that sometimes you perhaps shy away from putting up a lovely, glossy nice moment because when you're dedicated to this mission of making other people feel good you don't necessarily want to propel that you know fancy glossy image that might not necessarily make them feel good um but do you ever feel pressure that way to make sure that nothing is ever too nice in case it brings someone else down because you you're ultimately here to make everybody feel great Honestly, Rose, I still do. And it's funny because even like say three years ago, I was the total, no, say four years ago, I was the total opposite. I was like, um, yeah, it's funny how it's flipped. It's like the polar opposite to four years ago where I would never have shown any of the back of my legs and all the bits that I didn't like that now I celebrate almost never too much, never too much, never too much. But um, I don't know why I feel like this huge responsibility to make, yeah, to, like you said, to make people feel good and to be relatable, that maybe I've gone too far that I can't even upload a nice photo or of me like really dressed up and made up because I would never want people to be like oh I will never look like that and it's it's strange I still haven't kind of got that balance like I just want to make people laugh and I want to make people feel good and like my best friends say that I do that in real life but also they're like but we see a side of you where you are made up and you are you feel good in makeup it's not you're putting makeup on to show off and be like oh look at me with my full face of makeup on and high heels um like I do feel really good and I should share that because that eats equally is body confidence like and I think on stories I do share that like I I do share a lot of I share my whole life on stories and it's easier to do that but I don't know why there's this almost this like block like Instagram is still very um saturated with perfect images and that's just not my thing anymore I think it really shows that you think of the people that you're speaking to as friends and friendship is clearly really important to you you mention your friends a lot and you're always a big cheerleader for other people um and I know actually you've got the new book coming soon called be your own best friend so what can we expect to see from that um it's it's just treating yourself like you do people that you love so your best friend your your family anyone you really love um and treasure and I think it's just celebrating that relationship between you and yourself um and like we've said earlier it's not I'm in love with myself it's actually I'm best friends and sometimes you and your best friends get on better over the weekend when you actually see each other or on a Tuesday when you go for lunch or at the moment have a FaceTime um and it's just appreciating yeah it's appreciating your relationship 
with yourself as much as you do everyone else and speaking to yourself as if you are your own best friend like what advice would you give to your best friend if they came to you and said oh I really hate my legs they're just not fitting into any jeans or and I hate shorts and I'm just so self-conscious of them when I sit down like what advice would you give to your best friend and then take that and give yourself that advice and would I ever let anyone speak to me like this because our brains can be our, our worst enemy and our brains can tell us and convince us that we're not good enough but actually would you ever let anyone else say that to you like would you let someone down the street say to you oh um your tummy is hanging out of of those uh of those shorts you would never let anyone say that so why are you saying that to yourself um I always say your body is your home for the rest of your life. If you look after it, it will look after you. And you're a team. I know it sounds very cliche, but you are. You're together the whole time. You, your brain and your body. So it's just coming together and and really looking after each other. It's such a lovely way of looking at it. And it's so true because we would never dream of having the conversations we have with ourselves with a loved one and I think sometimes that can be the most powerful way to bring it back to how much more care we need to give ourselves really um there's a quote I love from the it cosmetics mission statement which says that we really want every woman and man to feel confident whether it's for the first time or the first time in a long time and I just think you're taking so many positive strides to help people to achieve that um you've been such a lovely lovely person to have a big chat with this morning so thank you so much um, Thank you very much. Can't wait to get my hands on the eyeliner. There we go. (laughs) Um, Chessie, you've been so lovely. Thank you so, so much. And we'll speak to you very soon. Thank you, Rose. Lots of love, everyone. Stay safe and stay home. Thank you for listening. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find us on social media at It Cosmetics on Facebook, It Cosmetics UKI on Instagram, and discover more interviews like this at itcosmetics.co.uk. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you soon.